Welcome. Welcome back. Welcome home. This is Tracy, and we want to thank you for being a part of the Life Together podcast. Before we get into this week's teaching, we want you to know that you matter to God and you matter to us. Life Together is a Wednesday evening gathering for worship, Bible study, and community here at Oak Creek Assembly of God in Oak Creek, Wisconsin. If God came down from heaven to earth and you could follow him around, not only for a season, but for three years, what would you give to have that opportunity? What would you give up? What would you pay to follow God around for three years? Well, everything, yeah? Like, what's in your bank account? What's, like, what do you have? What would you give to learn everything that you need to know about living an abundant life here on planet Earth, about the life to come, and not only that, you would have purpose. He would involve you in what he wants to accomplish here on Earth. Well, I think we would give up everything. And I think about the disciples, the tremendous privilege that they had. Out of every single person on the planet, even 2,000 years ago, the probability of you being picked and being one of the 12 was fairly small. And those guys had the privilege of living with Jesus, traveling around with Jesus, learning about the kingdom of heaven, witnessing what Jesus has done in the lives of so many people. Because of Jesus, the sick were healed. Because of Jesus, the blind can see. Because of Jesus, the lame could walk. And even the dead came back to life. I mean, think about all of the miracles and being sent out two by two and having the power of Jesus being commissioned to preach the same message that Jesus preached. What a tremendous opportunity. And I think about the Last Supper, and we're in this series, and we're continuing this series, the Last Supper, until Easter. And last week we learned about Jesus washing the disciples' feet, and there we are, the disciples are there once again. And we learn that Jesus is sharing with the 12 that one of them is a betrayer one of them even though they had access to the king of kings and the lord of lords this individual decided to betray jesus and not only was there one betrayer but there was also another one denied him three times and yes we're going to look at judas and peter we have a theme verse it's found in john chapter 13 verse 1 before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. Jesus loved his disciples. And so we're going to focus on these two, and we're going to really consider their extraordinary privilege that they had to follow Jesus and to learn from him. They were his disciples. They were his students. They witnessed all of his miracles. Their lives were changed. They gave up everything to follow him for three years. And unfortunately, two of them betrayed Jesus. One of them 
uh, nobody names their kid after. <laughs> the other one, there's many people with their name, but both of them were betrayers. And here at Discover Church, we have this wonderful database of all the people who have come, uh, signed up for Girls' Night Out. We get your details, and you fill out that next step card. You come to church, you give, you become part of a reach team. You come to a musical, we get all of your details. And for the last five years, we've been collecting that data, and we have over 16,000 people. Do you know how many people with the name Peter, Pedro, or Pierre here at this church? 85, okay, so there's 85 people. And then um, how many people have the name of Judas in our church? So looking that up, it's a very short search. So one email address comes up, and it's found in an email address, and it's not just Judas, but it's Judas was a sissy at, and then the domain. I won't give out their, their data, but... But that's the only time, you know, Judas is found in our church database. So Judas was a sissy. And um, I think about Judas for a moment. And out of all the disciples, he was the only one from this area called Judah. Okay? Judas, he's from Judah. Judea, the, the seat of government there in Israel. And also where the temple is found, the people of Judea, they enjoyed a great infrastructure. The people there enjoyed having the highest level of education in all of Israel. These people were, since they were closer to the temple, they had access to just a lot of theologians and rabbis. And Judas was most likely a privileged person with a white-collar job. We know that because he was actually the accountant for the disciples, for, for Jesus' ministry. He probably was highly educated educated, and he probably used power and his wealth and his education to influence others, and we see that throughout his life and ministry. Jesus was sold for 30 pieces of silver, and interesting enough, uh, that was the price of a slave. Judas sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver, and I think about when, Ju when Jesus was washing the disciples' feet, he washed all of their feet, and he did say, one of you is unclean, and he was referring to Judas. Judas had a problem, and it was a sin problem. Judas is the greatest example of lost potential. He had access to the king of kings. I think of Peter, who also had access to Jesus, Peter, on the other hand, like the other, many of the other disciples, he, he was from Galilee. And so Galilee was kind of like a different place. as one of the poorer regions, you know, uh, one of the, you know, less educated regions of Israel. And the people there had an accent. You can spot somebody out from Galilee a mile away just by hearing their words, kind of like people from Wisconsin, okay? You know you know who's from Wisconsin? I'm from Wisconsin. I'm very proud uh, to be from Wisconsin, except I do tell people I lived away for 20 years, okay? And I lost my accent, but then it comes back super quick, so that's why you can understand me. I have a Wisconsin accent, and especially when I hang out with mom and dad, and um, I, it just comes back, but the Galileans, they had their own accent, and they were, you know, it was kind of like a derogatory place, 
Remember, Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth was a city in Galilee. The people were frowned upon there in Galilee. People looked down on the Galileans. And Peter himself, he was a fisherman. And he did what his father did. He took up his, the trade of his father. He had no other opportunities to do something else. And if you take up your parents' trade, well, you're probably going to continue to do that the rest of your life. And that was Peter. That was Peter's destiny until one day Jesus said, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And there Peter had a new opportunity. He had a way out and he had a new direction and he had new purpose. I think about Peter as somebody who is really ambitious. He had, he had a lot of zeal and passion and enthusiasm. He would make bold statements about Jesus. He was the type of person who... who had great faith. I think about Jesus when he walked with his disciples. Jesus asked them, who do people say that I am? And they answered him, well, you know, some people say you're John the Baptist, Jeremiah, Elijah, maybe one of the other prophets. Jesus asked them, who do you say that I am? And there's Peter with the boldness and with the faith, and he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And how did Jesus respond? You know, you didn't know that on your own. It was my heavenly father who revealed that information to you. Congratulations, Peter. Great faith. And then Peter was also reprimanded because Jesus went on to tell him, the son of man must suffer and die. That was Jesus' mission as the Messiah. He's going to give his life as a ransom for many. And Peter said, don't do it. I will not let you die. Jesus told Peter, get behind me, Satan. In the same conversation, one, God revealed something to you, and then he finished it off by, by, you know what? Get behind me, Satan. That was Peter. Peter was a a disciple, a follower of Jesus. He was quick to commit. He was bold and courageous, but yet he was weak and fearful all at the same time. He couldn't even stay awake for one hour to pray. I think about Judas's sin. You know, what was so bad about Judas? You know, preparing for this message, spending hours learning about Judas, we don't even have time to even dive deep into who he was, but Basically, he had a sin problem. He had a lifestyle of sin. And he was sneaky. The disciples couldn't even, didn't even know what he was up to. But Jesus knew. Jesus knew all along who was going to betray him. Judah, Judas sold his Lord, sold his teacher, sold his rabbi to the Jewish people. You know, the question was asked just a few weeks ago here on a Sunday morning, who killed Jesus? Was it the Romans? Was it the Jews? Was it the Jewish leaders? Was it the mob, Pilate, Judas? You know, ultimately, that was God's plan of salvation, for Jesus to go to the cross and to suffer for your sin and mine. But Judas, he entered into the plan of Satan to, to participate in in selling out Jesus. He was very sneaky. The devil had planted a seed in his heart and Judas 
played with it and he continued with it until he was actually possessed. And you read in the story in John chapter 13 that Satan actually possessed Judas. Don't worry. Somebody who's saved cannot be possessed by a demon. But Judas opened up that door wide for Satan to work. He was part of the plan. And you know, there's basically three types of sins in the world. First John in, his, in, in the letter in First John really describes them. It's, it's the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Judas lived all three of those all the time. Judas wasn't redeemed. G Jesus said, one of you is not clean. You know, God knows all things. Judas was so sneaky that the disciples didn't even know who he was. When Jesus said, you know, one of you is going to betray me, the other disciples questioned themselves. They said, is it me? It surely can't be me, is it? You know, they had a better self-awareness of their own sin. Surely I'm not going to betray you. But there he was, Judas, who betrayed Jesus. I think of Peter's sin. You know, Peter spent a lot of time face-to-face -face with Jesus. He had more face time than the other disciples. There was an inner circle of three, James, John, and Peter. Peter, there he was, spending time with Jesus, learning a little bit more than the other disciples. He experienced the transfiguration. He saw Jesus in a heavenly form. He was the only one out of all 12 who can actually say he walked on water. Yes, he doubted, he took his eyes off Jesus, but he walked on water. Peter experienced Jesus in a more intimate way. But then he went on to disown him. He denied him, and he betrayed him. I think of the conversation in the courtyard when Jesus was being mocked and tortured. And there he was speaking with his Galilean accent, and the people said, you are one of him. You were with Jesus, weren't you? And there Peter was denying Jesus three times. He was called to represent Jesus, but he betrayed him. And then he went out of the courtyard and wept bitterly. He knew that he had sinned. He knew that he offended God. He knew that he messed up. You know, with typical devotion and enthusiasm, Peter expressed willingness to die for the Lord. I will die for you, Jesus. But no, there he was. When the, where the rubber met, where the, when the rubber meets the road, he denied him. He denied even knowing Jesus. And that's kind of dangerous because, you know, Jesus did tell his disciples, if you deny me before man, I'm going to deny you before the Father. This is kind of dangerous territory, isn't it? I think about the hurt that sin brings on others. You know, sin is an offense against God. When we sin, we're missing the mark and we are offending God. We're created in his, in his image. But when we sin, we hurt God and we hurt the people around us. I think of Judas's sin. Who did it hurt ultimately? Well, it hurt his Lord, Jesus. He hurt Jesus. Judas sold him out. I remember 
I just think about the ultimate sin that Judas performed and it hurt many people. Many people were sad. Judas was involved in this sin and Peter also betraying Jesus. He was part of the inner circle and he denied Jesus. What was Judas's reaction to his own sin? I think about this person who was self-reliant, thinking about how he wanted to have power and impose his will on others, and he finally got what he wanted. After the adrenaline of sin was over, after he sold Jesus, after he kissed him on the cheek and handed him over to the Jews, after he knew that Jesus was going to be crucified, what did, Je what did Judas do to himself? Well, he, he was remorseful. He was sorrowful. He saw that what he had done was wrong. That he messed up horribly. And that he can't take it back. That an innocent man had died because of his sin. He felt so horrible. And what do self-reliant people do when they sin? Well, they think they have the solutions. And so he continued down the same path and he came up with the solution. Instead of turning to God, he turned to his own ways and he took his own life. He hung himself on a tree. And we read in Acts that he didn't even do that properly. And he fell and he was hurt, tortured because of his own suicide. Peter, equally, he was remorseful of his sin. After betraying Jesus, betraying Jesus, he went out and wept bitterly. He was sorrowful. And he said to himself, you know what? I was called to be a fisher of man. But I, I failed miserably. I'm going to take myself out of ministry. And he went back to fishing. He, he said, I'm disqualified. And he went back. He left the disciples. He went back to his own ways. But you know what's cool is Jesus appeared to him. There was a second chance. There was another opportunity. And what did Peter do? He was willing to hear from Jesus. He said, meet me in Galilee. Right? Jesus appears to Peter once again. And he asked him, do you love me? And Peter said, yes. And he did ask that three times. Are you sure you love me? Do you love me? Well, then feed my sheep. Do you love me? Well, then feed my, feed my lambs. Three times. You know, Jesus knows all things, right? He didn't have to ask Peter. But he's reminding Peter of who he loves. Peter never stopped loving Jesus. Even though he messed up, even though he failed miserably, even though he betrayed his Lord, he still loved Jesus. And if you still love Jesus, there's opportunity for growth there. There's opportunity to be used by God. Basically, feed my lambs, feed my sheep, is Jesus telling him, I still want to use you. I still have a job for you to do. 
And if we could just think for one moment about our own sin, the sin that is in our lives, I pray that it's not a lifestyle. I pray that you have been redeemed and you are growing. And just like Pastor Dan said, you have somebody in your life that is encouraging you, that you want to be more like Jesus. So you follow them and you're doing what they do because you see that God is working in their lives. And they're not perfect. But you're also encouraging others. You're also lifting up others and you're being an example. But even in your weakness and your fear, in your failures, God can still use you. Turn to Jesus. Do not lose your love for him. And I look out on a Wednesday night. I see all of you. It's so great to see you because you, you guys are here because you love Jesus. You want to have communion with God. You want to worship God. You want to hear from his word. You want to fellowship at the table. That is so awesome. And I encourage you to do just that. And we're going to close out with a question. I'm going to pray and we're going to close out. And we're going to have a question up on the screen. And I encourage you to encourage one another. How, what is your response when you mess up? Don't lose your love for Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this example of Peter who humbled himself who knew that he messed up and he had failed. He betrayed you. He denied you. The one thing that he wasn't supposed to do, he did. But I'm so thankful that you restored him. And your word says you exalt those who humble themselves. And Lord, we are here before you. We're humbled because we are, we are weak, we fail, and we make mistakes. And we have fallen short of your glory. But I'm so thankful that you are a God who restores, you renew, you transform, you make all things new. I'm so thankful that we don't have to live in the past because we are a new creation, new creation in Christ Jesus. Thank you that we can be called little Christ. We are Christians and we are your disciples. We are your students. And we want to learn more from you. We want to follow you. We want to have face time with you. We want to seek you in prayer. We want to seek you in your word. And we pray that this time right here at the tables would be a, a great time of encouraging one another. I'm so thankful for this word. I'm thankful for this example that we have in Peter. And it's in Jesus' name we have. We pray. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us for the Life Together podcast. It's even better when we get to see you in person. You are invited to join us on Wednesday evenings here at Oak Creek Assembly of God. We are a church that exists to reach our world for Christ as we lead people to discover and become who God has created them to be. Find us online at oakcreekag.org.